What's going on, guys? Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Action Movie Anatomy. We may be a week late, but it's just given us one more week to appreciate it. We're here to break down Wonder Woman, the most badass woman ever to be on screen. Is that the case? We're going to talk about it right now. we got Roxy Stryer here joining us. We'll see you guys in just one second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talk's action movie anatomy. Boom! <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show! Yes! <laughs> yes! We're here, guys. The movie was so good that we missed it the first week and had to do it anyway. Even yeah. though we're a week late, it was so good we just had to do it. It could not miss the movie. So, guys, it's Action Movie Anatomy here on a Wednesday afternoon. We're back. It's the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking pop culture by the bucketful. We've got Roxy Stryer in the house. She's back. What did I do to piss you guys off so much? You haven't invited me in like a year and a half to this show. Yeah, I don't know what you did. I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> we don't want to talk. I, it's because let's not bring it up again. It was Chumbawamba, yeah. wasn't it? It was the Chumbawamba combination with how much you made me sweat the first time you came on the show. Yeah, you we, just got, need, we needed a break. You got something. You got. Edged out. Oh, <laughs> yep. Remember that one. It's an inside joke, guys. It's not a good one. It's an inside joke with the guys. Yeah, go watch Andrew Sweat. You'll remember. Um, welcome back, Roxy Stryer. Where can the folks find you? Everywhere at Roxy Stryer. And you guys can, oh, oh. oh, I was just going to say, if you guys don't know it, she hosts a show called DC Movie News every single week. She's literally been talking about this movie for how many months? It's actually so sad because we have had, since we started the show, we've been doing the show for two years, we've had three films come out in two years. So, like, we milk it for all it's worth. We've been talking about this show for a year and a half. This is like your 19th appearance talking about Wonder Woman in the last week, right? But I'm really excited about it (laughs) because since then, I've seen it again. So I have new stuff to talk about. It's sick. Yeah, and you and Mike, uh, we do our unproduced table read show together, and like, when they came on Friday after watching it for the first time, it was was like a triumph. You guys had conquered something great. He like, lift me up and spun me around. We did it! We did it! (laughs) I feel like we did. We helped. I you probably did, and that's why we wanted you on the show. Is because like you guys are pros. Ben and I are. We just we've just started to put yeah we are immortals. We've just started to put more and more superhero movies in our catalog. Yeah, because they're great, and they're some of the greatest action scenes ever. Absolutely. And I went and saw this, and I was like, "We're doing this on the show. We have to do it on the show." You hadn't seen it yet, right? You're like Diana, and I'm like Steve Trevor, and you're like that guy that can't shoot. I'm sorry. Why, why did he just get bashed? It's no. true, though, because... Uh, wait, which guy can't shoot? The guy with PTSD. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, but he's a good he's guy. He's got a sweet accent. He's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, where can the folks find you? Oh, yeah. You guys can find me <laughs> at Andrew Guy on Instagram and Twitter. If anything, he's the guy that wants to be an actor, but he can't because he's the wrong color. Oh, yeah. it's a strong point. Thank you, <laughs> It's a strong You're point. welcome. Thank but you. you can because 2017, yo. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's right. Uh, guys, my name is Ben Bateman. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter or Instagram. And uh, yeah, let's get into the show, guys. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk Wonder Woman. This movie was fucking epic. This movie was amazing. It was yeah, it was incredible. My whole family is going to be watching the show this week uh, because they all went and saw it and just loved it. And I was raised by four women, so of course they loved it. And uh, my mom surprised my sister yesterday to go see it and they, they just blew up my phone, just like blown <laughs> away. And I was like, I know everything was so. I like kept talking to them. They're like, okay. 
That's, that's enough. Awesome. Yeah. And then your mom yeah. wouldn't get you anymore, so she got on the Facebook fan page and she started, <laughs> started posting them. <laughs> Wait, that's really cool that you guys have that Facebook fan page that's been going on though. Yeah, it's amazing. A couple, a couple of our fans, uh, amazing fans, decided to start it, and uh, they were like, "If it's just like five of us talking, and there's like now like over a hundred people in it, everybody we like interact all the time because like literally everything that gets posted, it's like a group mind of Andrew and I. Yeah, they're like such and such thing. Like somebody referred to it the other day as like basically the Tom Cruise mecca, and like <laughs> that's it's, awesome. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Anyway, guys. Yeah, we have a Facebook fan page, and uh, of course, there's a Twitter as well at AMA Podcast. You can follow mm-hmm. along with there, which uh, we, you know, it's been growing, and we post sometimes. Though the Facebook page honestly is more active. It's very, very interactive. So, guys, this is an action movie show, and you may be wondering if you have not watched in a while why we're covering a superhero film. It's because this is episode 103. Yep, we've had a guest on for all hundred plus episodes. Yeah, episodes plus hundred. We've been cool. doing guests again, uh, which we did more in the early days. And the reason that we are doing a superhero film is that we're now kind of expanding outside of our very myopic view. of of what we were going to do on the show and we're trying to invite sort of other genres that are still within this genre of action-y things and how could you not want to cover this movie? This yeah. summer is full of movies that look unbelievable. Totally. It would feel wrong for us as a show to not cover such a great film for our fans. Yeah. Exactly. And for us. It's selfish. So uh, anyway guys, there are four <laughs> rules to the action movies that we do on the show. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. I mean, she definitely plays by her, their own rules. Nobody tells her what to do. I think yeah. she even says that at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's super interesting because it's, it's the whole time you're like watching this god be contained by mere mortals. And they're like just telling her, like, no, you can't, you can't, you can't. Yeah. Finally she's like, no, nah, I'm just going to do this thing. It's kind of wild to think about the fact that now between this, Edge of Tomorrow, and Mad Max Fury Road, there are three examples of women just being like, no, male counterpart. I'm going to run the show and do exactly what I want to do. And they're three of the best, probably, ten movies we've done on the show. Twenty, maybe? Yeah. I mean, hard to say when some of the movies we've done are, like, all-time classics. But, like, definitely some of the greatest films we've done on the show. And all three of them have a woman basically, like, saying to the guy, like, No, Tom Cruise, I know better than you. Or, like, sorry, Tom Hardy, I'm, I, I run the show with one hand. Yeah. Well, it's new. <clears throat> but it's I think it's new, which is why you guys like it so much. We haven't yeah. seen it before. Yeah, yeah and, it, and, and another thing that we talk about all the time is, like, how hard these movies have to work when you have a female lead, when you have an all-ethnic cast and all that. And it's like, the movies that stand out with female leads on our show, it, it's crazy. There's only been like six of them. Right. And it's and there are some of the six greatest action or adventure movies of all time because I feel like, I mean, it's just like Patty Jenkins says in her interviews, it's like she knew she had to do more for everything that comes after this right. film. You yep. know, and that's, I think that's why every time you see Ripley, anytime Uma did anything like, they're doing this for everyone coming after them. Right. Absolutely. Um, rule number two, <clears throat> the hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room. So it's funny because like she's the smartest, but she's also naive in a lot of ways to the way the world works. So she doesn't qualify in your in your normal like, I've got the ace up my sleeve the entire time, even though I've been gaming you. It's like she just happens to be a god. So even if she's wrong, it doesn't matter. She's not going to really die. I mean, she is smarter because she's better than everyone, but, like, not in your traditional, like, guy with a gun outsmarts the guys, the terrorists version. She's not as knowledgeable, but yeah, she's the right. smartest, for sure. Yeah, yeah. She's, the, she's the smartest, she's the truest. And it's like, so that's gonna, like, her her means, or, like, the reason she's doing everything is always gonna be, she's gonna get to the right place. Does that make sense? Yeah, That's, totally. like, hard for me to say. Yeah, yeah definitely, and the villain, <laughs> for sure, is the smartest in yeah. the world. Yeah, Ares, yeah. he runs the game the whole time. <clears throat> um, rule number three, the movie is driven by police, military, political, or mercenary figure. Nope, she's a god, so there's, uh... She's a military, <laughs> she's an Amazonian warrior. Yeah, it's true, it's know? true. There's a, That's a fair <clears throat> point. And there's a lot of military and political figures in the film. So yeah. even if it's not... Steve Trevor. Steve Trevor. Yeah. yeah, he's the male lead, and he is 
Spy. Yeah. A spy. A spy. <laughs> a spy. Uh, rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. Definitely. It's yeah. a bunch of explosions. Would you call film. the first time she crosses her arm an explosion? Yeah, definitely. Right? That's so awesome. In my heart. Yeah. That was, right? <laughs> that was also a super, was pants, super sick weird. moment. Yeah. What'd you say? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I heard it. We heard it. Mm-hmm. I was worried she was going to kill her. Yeah. I thought that was like what was going to happen and that was going to kind of be like why she hated yeah. battle or something. I don't know, but it was awesome. Yeah. That was scene was incredible. The first 40 minutes of this movie had me like teary-eyed like three or four times. Like the like several times. Like that moment, the big battle on the beach. Like there was a lot of moments that yeah. were just like, wow, like there's just something about this the way this is framed, the music, all of it is just so like powerful. It was kind of bizarre because I cried at the exact same moments the second time as I did it the first time. I feel like I would weird. do that too. Okay, so what are your moments? Well, do you remember them specifically? Definitely the first time that we saw all of the women fighting each other, I would I just start crying. Yeah, I was I, like, wow, this is so cool. Yeah, right. Got, I got a couple cheers in the audience, too, like, when I saw Because it was just, like, that island, not only was it, like, beautiful, yeah, and right. they're all beautiful, but you're like, every single one of them could destroy me. Yeah. It was so cool. I mean, that's, I think, the concept behind the, the invention of the character Wonder Woman was just like, all right, like, we're going to have all these beautiful, strong women living in this, like, other culture where, like, Every woman is the most beautiful woman on earth, and every woman is the fiercest warrior. Yeah. And like, they don't know any different. That's what women are to them. And there's only women. And it's like, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> it's wild to see it yeah. on screen, right? I had a lot of moments, but we'll talk about them. Throughout. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, sure, sure, for sure. <clears throat> um, so, guys, the way we start this show off is we do something called thesis statement. Uh, we share a thought, a bold thought, a bold statement, uh, and uh, usually we fought, we watch the trailer first. Do we have the trailer queued up? Actually, I forgot to, uh, I forgot to check. Oh, we do have the trailer queued up. Wonderful. Yes. Excellent. Let's watch the trailer. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Excellent. Thank you. No, because like Wonder Woman. I got you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Excellent. No, no, no. no you, you get it. I used to want to save the world. God, I love her. <laughs> this beautiful place. This part of it, IMDb Quotes has it as Hippolyta saying but it. the closer you Wrong, get. Sir. Oh, really? The more you see the great darkness within. Yeah. I learned this the hard way a long, long time ago. Moment of what the is beach your was so yeah, beautiful. The war. What war? The war to end all wars. Weapons far deadlier than you can ever imagine. The walk can be ours. It was so good. Yeah, yeah, I want to watch it now. You are in more danger than you think. I cannot stand by while innocent lives are lost. Be careful, Diana. Who is this woman? She's my um, secretary, sir. <laughs> She's a very good secretary. It is our sacred duty to defend the world. And it's what I'm going to do. Oh my god, that moment. Oh my god, yeah. Good trailer. I 
can't even. <laughs> I can't even talk right now. Sick. I, is the trailer? Here's a question. Here's a woman possibly fight in this fight. We use our principles. Although I am not opposed to engaging in a bit of fisticuffs should the occasion arise. <laughs> that chick is awesome. Here's a question. Is that trailer as good as it is because we've seen the movie, so the moments ring truer? Better. Or is it better than it was? Because I don't remember the trailer super well. I watched it a couple times, but not like not extensively. So they released three trailers, yeah. and they released a, a TV cut trailer, all of which I probably watched a thousand and five hundred <laughs> times yeah. before the movie. Obviously, because that's my job on right. DC Movie News. <clears throat> uh, and I really enjoyed that trailer the entire time. Yeah. After the movie, it was even better. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, because feels... I feel like they they picked the perfect moments and they told the story without revealing who Ares was, without you know right. giving us some of the craziest moments. I have heard some complaints about the trailer, about that it did show a little too much of No Man's no Land Man's, yeah. and that that ruined it for some people but for me, that's how you get people to the movies. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and then yeah, <clears throat> the moment in the trailer when she says it's it's our sworn duty and it's what I'm going to do. Yeah, what just I, like, you need, yeah, I just I got chills. And the thing is, is like if you've seen the movie, that there's no way that can take away from No Man's Land because No Man's Land is like epic, a million times what you're seeing right there. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know. Totally. And when they see, when you see her walking out for No Man's Land, and she goes like that and reflects the bullet, it doesn't show the scene after that where she holds her shield and it right. vibrates yeah. as she's doing it. You know, right. that's more powerful for me, like not showing everything. Yeah, I can't explain this feeling that I got while watching the trailer. And while watching the film, it's just like it must. I mean, it must be like female empowerment or something. I can't even express like what it is that I feel while watching the I movie. I totally agree with where you. I'm just like fuck yeah. I totally agree with you. you know, it's, it, and it's I, in a total different way than most action movies. It's when she, yeah, completely different. When she says that line and he screams after her, Diana. I don't know what it is, but it's something like you're looking and you're like, you're such a great hero. It's yeah. like what I'm feeling. I'm like, you're such a great fucking hero. And you're like, no one knows what you're capable of except yeah. for us. You know, and totally. you, and you don't even know. And like, uh, yeah. Yeah. And the fact that she says that, like, it's my sworn duty, but it's also like, I think, I think a lot of it has to do with what you're talking about. This like female empowerment side of it, because it's not, it's like he yells after her, Diana, like as though it's his duty to protect her when it's like, there's no chance he'd be able to, Anyway, and she's she's too naive to even realize that she she could probably actually be killed, but she, she's not going to be afraid. She has no fear. Yeah, she, that's right. her duty. And yeah, I don't I, don't I know. think that all of that is kind of encompassed by when she's in Paradise Island when she's in Themyscira, and she says, "What will I be if I stay?" Yeah. Every time she makes the choice to go, every time she's like, no, I'm going to go defeat this person, or I'm going to cross no man's land, or I'm going to do this. Right. Because what will she be if she doesn't? She won't be Wonder Woman. She won't be anything, yeah. So I, I think that yeah. that embodied the entire film. Yeah, I'm like actually pretty shocked at how like emotional even watching the trailer got me. It's, I want to cry right trailer. now. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, I feel, let's talk about thesis. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right, so thesis statement, guys, again, is the, it's that moment we watch the film. It comes up at a party. You get into a conversation. You just want to say to someone, like, well, this is the thing about Wonder Woman. And it's the point that you're going to hold on to all throughout that conversation. It's bold. It should be almost like rooted in hyperbole, the greatest this, the only mm -hmm. this, the first this, never. This is my favorite. I mean, unless it is my favorite movie of all time, which I guess is a pretty fair thesis statement. Though it's still pretty yeah. personal. Yeah, that, that's, um, <laughs> pretty, that's pretty big. It's a bold, bold statement. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it should be presented almost as fact. Who wants to start with their thesis statement? 
You guys both just looked at me, so I feel like you want me to start. I want you to go. And you're it's probably, probably going to be genius. Woman, so. Yeah, you are. But that's what they call me. Yeah. No. Oh, no. You didn't wear the crown. I, I was going to say, I didn't want to say anything because I thought there was a reason why. I just realized, man. Yeah, uh, what a bummer. Cut the tag. <laughs> okay, so my thesis statement is that Wonder Woman, both the movie and the character, are the most iconic character and movie uh, sorry, the most impactful character and movie of the 2000s so far. So it's both the most impactful oh. movie and character of the <coughs> 2000s so far. The 2000s. 2000s. Not 2010s. The 2000s. Wow. That's a big, big statement. 17 years. Seven, in the last 17 years, this is the most impactful character and movie. Impactful. Not impactful. important, not impactful. In- influential. Yeah, impactful. Yeah. That's because I think <coughs> it impacts both the future of film. Mm-hmm. It impacts the most amount of human beings. It impacts the way that little girls grow up. I mean, the fact that when Ben and I went and saw the movie the second time I was seeing it, we watched this little girl wait in line to go to this photo booth so that she could just stand there like this and stand with Wonder Woman. I didn't have that growing up. And I think that that changes the fact that you can look up to somebody, that she is good, that we're not talking about Harley Quinn right now. It's very yeah, impactful. Yeah, she's not sexualized in any way. She's, yeah. And also, I love that she has an accent. Yeah. And it means amazing. that these kind of movies can make money, which is impactful, too, because it will change the wave of the future in film. Yeah. And no I mean, no shade thrown at, at uh, Margot Robbie or the character of no, Harley Quinn. Of course not. That's her character. And she's one of the best parts of that movie, one of the only really great parts of that movie. Yeah. But it, it's completely different. It's not... It is, it, unfortunately, I mean, it just it is sexualized. That's a you lot don't of want your daughter to grow up to be Harley Quinn. No. You want your daughter to grow up to be Wonder Woman. And it's I don't different. think that, that that film or that character has the impact. Not even close. No, not so at all. I think that of the last seventeen years, this will be the most impactful film. Well, it's funny because uh, f- on Saturday for your birthday, we all went out, and um, <clears throat> and a lot of people there, people in our industry, are in this, this. So, what the hell do you think we talked about a lot? We just debated movies and stuff. And <laughs> and one thing I t- I said was that I think that this is the second most important superhero movie that's ever been made, or actually, excuse me, um, that has come out past like you know like the when the universe has got reinvented. You know, when Iron Man and, and sure, those movies okay. started so, coming out. So basically, like the new Batman so like the 2000s, Mar- basically. In the last decade, is yeah. what you're saying? Since, no, no, like since DCEU and the MCU. <clears throat> even since 2000, I would say. Okay. Like, so that, from that point on, I think, era. Yeah, I okay. think that Batman Begins was the most important. I always say that, but I think that this was the second most important. I do think that this is by far the most impactful character, though. Yeah. Like, by a mile. Yeah, you said that, and I started trying to think <clears> in the <throat> last 20, basically 20 years, just shy of... Um, would there be a more impactful movie character? And ones... Because the, the, literally, to even argue the point, you get into, like, an upper echelon of, like, there has to be, like... Okay, so, like, let's say Heath Ledger's Joker, and it's largely, in a lot of ways, because Ledger died. So there, it's iconic on a whole other level than it just would have been. Mm-hmm. It gets elevated into that stratosphere. Emotional, but I don't know about impactful. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it wasn't, like, because of that, now everything's different. No, I would say, know? yeah, definitely behind, but I'm saying it's, like, that level. You have to be on that level if you're going to enter the conversation. Yeah, but I don't even think it's just the character. Like I said, it's also the movie, yeah. because of how yeah. this is going to change movies going forward. Yeah, and it, also the character. Yeah, I was trying. To, I'm trying to think like it's pictures, movies that won Best Picture. Who the lead character? I understand was. what you're saying is there has to be like this massive, massive recognition from other. Yeah, but not just like that's a great character. It yeah. needed to win awards. It needed to be recognized as a movie that was changed everything, which this movie is going to be yeah. like. I don't think it can be another superhero <clears throat> character because we mm-hmm. already 
and before the 17 years we had Superman, we had Batman and we also Mm. had different iterations of them throughout so I feel like I mean who's a bigger superhero character and then when you break out of that yeah, yeah, and the, yeah. And the, the, I, the, sorry, go ahead. I think I agree with the thesis. That's a huge thesis that goes far beyond what I was like had even like opened my mind up to really proclaiming. But I think that's right. I I don't think I can't think of anything. Yeah, I can't think of a movie or character. <clears throat> it's interesting because of like because uh, a lot of the movies that like you think of something. <laughs> no, oh no, I can't think about it. I can't I can't? I think I think if if Black Panther might have come out before this, that might be. I mean, who knows how that's going to be? Sure, but that's yeah. going to be a huge impactful character. Like seeing that superhero. Some right. people might say for movie, they might say Moonlight because yeah. of everything. People have a lot how of that's impacted affection for that movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, even when you think about the the cornerstone films, I guess that have made the most impact in one way or another. Take like Avatar is a good example of a movie and a reinvented technology, yeah. highest grossing. It's not even in the same, like... Boat. It doesn't make you feel anything. Yeah, it makes you exactly. It's, like, it's like totally irrelevant. Or Titanic or something like that. It's longer than twenty than 17 years. But. Rox always does this when she comes on the show. Yeah, if, she, she, she's had, got if the, only she had a song she could connect it I stumbled over it, though. I'm so bummed I had like, been working on it. No, I, like, I think... Iconic, I mean, imp- impactful. No, I think Pretty that's good. a very important <laughs> differentiation to make. And I think that you stumbled on it is good because you talked about both. And impactful is very different. So mine... It is. I, I had it written down, so I'm not <laughs> lying about it. I, I believe you. Okay, cool. Mine is that it's it's so tough because I think the the dynamic between the two of them and, and Steve Harvey playing the damsel in distress the way he does essentially Steve, 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 Harvey. Steve, Steve, Steve Harvey in in this role would be unbelievable. It's like a whole new meaning on the I'm Cage like, versus Crew. As soon as I said it, I was like, something is very wrong. Something with is that wrong. Sentence I just said, Steve Trevor, yeah. him as the damsel in distress, but he's like always looking out for her. Yeah. But I, I don't know how to explain their their, ju- their relationship together is one of the the greatest I think two people ever on screen. Their relationship. Well, yeah. Ro- I mean, Roxy in the theater like pointed out to me. I won't say I won't ruin it, but she definitely pointed out to me. She's like, "This is my favorite scene," and it's, it's one of their two scenes together. Yeah. You, I mean, it doesn't have anything. We don't have that question. I just meant I didn't know it. if you were going to use it later, but yeah, it's it's that scene no, when they're in the, the boat. boat together. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, it's, I could have watched it forever. Yeah, me too. Like, because he's such a yeah, he's so bumbling and nervous, and yeah, yeah. it's amazing and she's charming. Just, but he's also like kind of a gentleman about it, and mm-hmm. she's like. <clears throat> Yeah, she's totally leading the dance the whole movie, which is great. Yeah, she's always leading. That's exactly it. And so yeah. my thesis is is that this movie has the greatest moment in any DC film ever. Yeah. And that is when you can hear the other half of the conversation that you couldn't hear right after Diana got stunned. And it's him saying that he's going to go. And she's like, no, no. What, whatever it is you need to do, I can do it. Yeah. Whatever it is, I, I can do it. You don't need to go. And then he's, you know, <clears throat> it's just that. I just love that she's like taking care of him, even in that moment when she's like fighting a god, right? And getting her ass kicked. She's like, "I can do whatever you need me to do. I can do it." And then the line where he's like, "No, you, I save today. You save the world." Yeah, is just oh my god that moment. And then he says, "I wish we had more time." Yeah, which is the greatest. Like I want to cry just saying. Yeah. That. yeah, it really, really upsets me though that he was able to say "I love you" and she was so like couldn't hear, couldn't she that couldn't she say couldn't it. say it back. That just yeah. like crushes my soul. Well, I kind of wish that she said it when she was putting these pieces together and she was wrapped in the metal and she's laying there and she sees it explode. I kind of wish she like whispered "I love you," right. even though he couldn't hear, so that I knew that she did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, needed, I that, needed that. That whole moment, you're just like, no. No. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. it's uh. hard. It's it's a lot. It, what it reminds me of in a lot of ways is the relationship between Aragorn and um, 
and somebody else in Lord of the Rings. Eowyn, <laughs> yes, like Liv Tyler. Yeah, because he's mortal and she's not. And there's that feeling where he's like, "I'm going to get old," and like, "You're not." kind of a thing she's like I'll become immortal with you and it's like you're like with her you're like well Steve Trevor is like this mortal guy he's like just this soldier and you're a god but you love him you Mm -hmm. truly love him and you would have given anything that just to like have this guy this mortal soldier and I also love that I think that he knows that he would just get in her way for the rest of her life right Mm -hmm. or his life yeah and it's kind of fascinating too because we know that the next time we see Wonder Woman is over a hundred years later yeah and we know that he's a man so he wouldn't have made it yep but we still are devastated that he dies even though we would have never seen him again anyway yeah I I know it's it's crazy too to think about such an interesting point it's like one of the most beautiful parts of the story and why it's such a good script is that it's they. It's one of these things where it's like a movie, like a like a road trip movie, where the characters get to be together for a couple days, and but they live so much life in those yeah. few days. And I love those stories. It's oh, like, it's just the classic Terminator story. Yeah, you right. know, you fall in exactly. love. It's predetermined already, but yeah, you you love it. It's yeah. perfect. It's written perfectly. Yeah. Uh, so my thesis statement is about <sighs> the director. It's about Patty Jenkins, uh, and my thesis statement is that Patty Jenkins is the most relevant director. Uh, sorry, the most relevant living female director. Uh, and I, I say this because of the fact that Patty Jenkins has done two films in her career. She she will make her next movie, uh, whether it's a DC movie or she makes another movie. I don't know if you know this, uh, if she's slated to direct something already. It, so it actually... She's talked about directing Wonder Woman 2 a thousand times. Yeah. Contractually, DC, if you are a first-time director, they do not give you more than one movie. Hmm. They do not sign you on to multiple pictures. Um, so they didn't. They signed her on to one, which means they're coming back to the table relatively soon. Yeah. Uh, which they we know that DC wants her. We know that she wants in, which puts her in a very good position. Yeah. Because she could essentially ask for an arm and a leg right now. And I think that, I think Jeff Johns and Charles Rogan would rip off their arm and their leg Literally. and hand it to her. Yeah. And say, like, here you go. Is this Do good it. enough? Uh, so she has talked about Wonder Woman 2. She's talked about it making it contemporary not doing it because I know a lot of people wanted a World War II or a 60s yeah. or something. Mm. She talked about doing it like that. She wants to do a contemporary piece, uh, but they have not actually pulled her in yet. So the reason I say it is because if you look at her career, this is a woman who has made two movies in you her You said relevant director. The relevant, most relevant female director now. That's living. That's living. Living, yeah. Okay. Relevant living female director. And it's because 2003 she directs Monster, which wins the Academy Award for Best Actress. Mm-hmm. She directs Charlize Theron to this iconic <clears throat> Roxy, as you said before the show started, your single favorite performance of all time. It is mm-hmm. one of the most yeah. incredible performances ever. Yeah, it's iconic. Uh, it, it sticks with everybody. It's harrowing, completely different kind of movie than this too um, a, like a very dark indie movie and that was her directorial debut yeah she so wrote and directed that she was slated to direct this film in 2005 it fell apart she didn't end up doing it she had said she always wanted to do it she only would do it the right way she was slated to do Thor Ragnarok she decided not to do that film okay. uh, so she does this I mean as we said she directed what is being regarded right now as like the most impactful or one of the most impactful films of its time. A very important movie. A movie that completely changes the game. The fact that it's a, wo- a movie about a woman, that she's a woman directing it. And the fact that the last time she directed a movie it was this cornerstone film with a totally different genre that won one of the greatest living actresses in Oscar. And it again was about a woman just trying to survive in this world. Yeah. And like in, a, in, a, mm-hmm. in the weirdest juxtaposition, you know. Yeah. And thinking about it, like, the world is hers right now. She The next movie this woman makes is... I mean, I, I hate to use the comparison of James Cameron because it's a ridiculous comparison because he's James Cameron. Right. But in the sense that he, she took 13 years between movies and she did this, what is she going to do next? 
You know, yeah. even Catherine Bigelow, who I'm obsessed with, and I think she's yeah. unbelievable. And I think like I was just waiting for you to get to that point. That's what I've been wanting to ask you this whole time is, is yeah. about her. You know, I love Point Break. Yeah, Near Dark's a classic. I mean, obviously Zero Dark Thirty and The Hurt Locker are amazing films. Detroit looks like it's going to be unbelievable. But, but I understand it's in a different light. It's just different. She's yeah. made movies that are. She made K19, The Widowmaker. She's made movies that are like whatever she made strange days this movie's made two movies and it's these two movies it's crazy what's interesting about that though is that initially this was michelle mclaren's project before she was right off of it because of creative differences and i wonder had she made this film would michelle mclaren have been the most relevant Hmm. person would that have been the same thesis what did michelle mclaren do before game of thrones a bunch of different tv like breaking bad i'm pretty sure big big tv things but i don't know if she's Done a big feature, big movie. Do you yeah. know like what the differences were specifically? Did they ever the creative differences? It? No, uh, no. They said that they just weren't agreeing on it. Yeah. For me, the reason that it stands out is it's not even so much the fact that it's two great movies. It's the fact that the kind of movie Monster is versus the kind of movie Wonder Woman is. It's it shows such she a can do anything. Different animal, and the fact that they're so far removed from one another, but she still made this incredibly relevant film. She's still young. She, you know what I mean? It's not like she was 55 when she made the first one and she's she's pushing 70. She's like in her prime as a creative person yeah, right she now. like 45? Yeah, and yeah. she's in her yeah, 40s. That's, that's incredible. So I'm pretty impressed. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to her next film. And I thought this movie was amazing. Um, let's move into our next part of the show, guys. This is called Fist Pump Moment. It's that moment in the movie something happens and you're just like, yes, this is so good. I get to watch the rest of this movie. You like look around the theater. You look around the couch. Are you seeing this right now? Like want someone else in the theater to have that moment with you. You walk out of the theater and you literally immediately call someone and you're like, did you see the movie? It, oh my God, that part. You just want to relive it every second. That's Fist Pump Moment. It can be anything. It can be a line, a look, a song, a sound, Whatever. And, uh, yeah, the music is close so for close, me. So right? The music's unbelievable. I'm going to jump in first on this. Yeah, please. And it's actually not a gal moment. Um, and I don't know why this moment even stuck with me so much because I saw it in the trailer. But it's the Robin Wright moment when she says shield in the in the battle scene on the beach. And she runs and she jumps off oh, the shield. Yeah. And she does the triple arrow move. Mm-hmm. It was so, so sick. She's like... Remember we had that conversation the other day about uh, Rachel Weisz on the Mummy episode? Yeah. About how she had aged better than Brendan Fraser? Oh. I think Robin Wright, It's because Alex Kessler, my buddy, said the she, same she's thing. She's incredible. Princess Bride, Carrie Ellis versus Robin Wright. Robin Wright kicks the shit out of Carrie Ellis. Yeah. She looks... Yeah. Sh- yeah. yeah she friend. looks unbelievable. She has that sick scar. Yeah, she's even got, like, the obliques. Like, yeah. she's incredible. And I also love in that moment, again, it's just like, <laughs> Steve Harvey. Yeah. Uh, Steve <laughs> Trevor is like... Because they use it later on to boost yeah. her up to the tower. It's he's just always watching and just observing and like just trying to keep up. Yeah, trying to. Ex- I'd love that. I'd That's love my it. fist pump moment. Really? It, which is why it's so funny when when Steve Trevor says shield oh, and sick. Diana does it and she brings down the entire freaking building. Yeah, it, it's my fist pump moment because she was amazing and it was about her but he was listening yeah Yeah, exactly and he was observing and he knew what to do and he didn't think in that moment he could defeat them and he knew she could and he knew how so it showed a lot about his character, and then it just showed that she's not going to take him down. She's going to take down the whole freaking building. Exactly. It was so cool. <laughs> exactly. Because when she goes up, you're like, ah, oh, she's going to like go through the window, and he's going to like blow out the other side. Yeah. No, yeah. The whole damn building is going to blow up. Though the moment that she kicks the guy through the through building, the, she knees the, the guy, was another like awesome. yeah. really, Super really awesome. sick moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but at the end of it, when she stands up there, and everybody's looking up at her, and it was like... Oh. oh my god, that's a woman standing up there. Yeah. Like, and it's Wonder Woman, but also it's just a woman. Yeah. That was so 
cool for me. I was glad that they didn't change, like, they changed her costume to make it a little bit more, like, modern and awesome, but I was glad they didn't pull, like, a 2000 X-Men and give her, like, something, I don't know, more, like, a cat suit or something oh, stupid yeah, yeah. like that. Like, like latexy. Yeah, yeah, something that just, like, changed the look, because, you know, she wears, like, a little tunic, and, like, it's obviously, like, a very antiquated look, yep. but I was glad they completely stuck with it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, that comes from BVS, right? It's the same costume, or does she have a different costume? That's later on. Yeah, there are a couple different changes to it, but the same way that they make changes to everybody right to all the people yeah yeah um, and it's got to be a different sword because we watch that yeah melt right. the f down right so Although yeah that's like the same sword that's my fist pump uh oh man there's so many of those sweet moments of her like seeing the baby for the first time and just like awesome. insisting that you're just a like baby. Oh, i love you and the like, ice cream yeah <laughs> and even just her walking through just like seeing war yeah just her face is almost like a fist pump because it's she could just see the so much hurt in it it's just, yeah it's beautiful but it's it's no man's land. It's that moment she's like, no man, you've been, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've been telling me no for since the first time I met you, and right now I just can't, I can't. This woman, her and I, like, I'm doing it. Yeah. And then she takes off the the, the cowl and the and the robe, and she's in the gear and the music, and she gets up there, and <laughs> she's stunning, and then she's just the biggest badass I've ever seen. Yeah. Ever. She says the line in the trailer. She says, no, this is what I'm going to do. This is, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and my heart, like, stopped when yeah. she said that again. Yeah, it was definitely one of those, and the music is swelling in that moment. Mm-hmm. Those are the, That's what I mean when I was watching the trailer, and I said, what is it that makes her so incredible? It's that moment where you're watching, you're like, you're such a hero. Yeah. You're such a hero. Like, I love those moments. Those are the moments that I live for. That's Luke. That's, no, I'm a, I'm gonna, I'm a Jedi like my father. Yeah, that's, that's why true. that's always been my moment in that movie, is like, it's those defiant moments where it doesn't matter, this is, I'm going to do the right thing. Uh, and think about when you're a little kid, how much those moments, mo- like those moments, mean to you. That little girl we were talking about that was taking the picture. I imagine all she wants to do is be wonderful. I, just, I can't even imagine how amazing that must feel for her. Because I was the same way when I saw Batman as a kid. I went home and my mom made me a cape out of like an old sheet with right. a button. She sewed it that night. Right. We awesome. couldn't go to the store, and it was like, that's all I ever wanted to be. Yeah. And like, all I want to be as a 29 year old man is Wonder Woman. You know? <laughs> That's all I want to be. Awesome. Impactful. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Huge. All right. So uh, speaking of those moments, should we discuss maybe some of the greatest moments in DC's history? I I feel like I'm going to cry this whole show for some reason. (laughs) I know what you mean. I felt that way since I saw it. Mm. Um, This movie was full of amazing moments. And unfortunately for for like DC on the whole, uh, their moments have been spread out over 40 years in a much more dispersed fashion where Marvel has had like all these incredible moments in the last like 10 yeah, it's uh, also tough because like when what films look like then yeah. is not even close to what films look like now, and that can take away from moments. What while it might be one of the greatest moments at the time, later on it's yeah. like, ooh, that's a little goofy. Well, that's yeah, why I think exactly. like that's why like so thinking about some of the most classic DC moments. So like Superman in the first Superman, him flying and and flying around with Lois is like a that's like an all time. Think about 1978. Right. Somebody flew. They made somebody fly. That was the whole tagline of the film. But I think that while it is one of the biggest moments in movie history, I think that if you showed that to a 12-year-old kid today and you were like, this is one of the greatest moments of DC, they would be like, this looks weird. It doesn't even look like, like it's flying or anything. So it's hard to call it one of the best, although it is one of the most important for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's 78... You jump forward on DC pretty far after that. I would say I mean, maybe Batman, like the first time he kind of drops down from the ceiling, or even when he says, I'm Batman. I was thinking in 80, 89 Batman, I'm Batman's an all time moment for people, but mm-hmm. honestly, I think probably the scene in that movie that has always stuck with me the most of any of the scenes, it's the art gallery scene with Joker. Yeah, I was it's, gonna, it's the boombox. It's, yeah. gentlemen, it's 
gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Everybody, a lot of people minds. say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that is a good one. It's the classic. It's a classic scene. And I'll uh, always remember when the penguin bites the nose off the dude and Batman yeah. returns. I think right. it's just because it just scared the shit out of me as a kid. It's really yeah. Scary. yeah, yeah, That's yeah. I mean, as far as and prior to prior to. Um, Really, the reinvention in 2005. Is there another DC movie prior to Batman Begins that has an impactful moment? Like, what are the other DC movies? I mean, all the other Batmans, all the Superman sequels. Superman Returns, yeah. Right. I, I think that in Superman, what was something that was so impactful for me and stands the test of time because I feel like they they did it really well and it mattered. Number one, just because watching Brando on screen anytime is yeah. huge. Uh, but when you watch. Kal-El and Jor-El interact for the first time and it's like this Wizard of Oz moment and he starts explaining and it's trippy and it's weird and we like go through space and he's saying who he is and how he's got to be man and you know you can't like just be the superhero you've got to fit in you've got to do these things I think that the words are so impactful that that always stayed with me it's weird. I, I really do remember that scene for some reason. Well, like, they've like shown, the visuals of it. It's because they've shown the, the clip of him standing talking in every tribute of, of Brando ever. And saying Fortress of Solitude. That's yeah. like a big moment. Right. Um, when I mean, when Brando died, that was a that was a thing they showed. I remember in the tribute. Right. Like, that was a, that's one of his big iconic... It's basically... He, he probably has seven pretty iconic roles, but he has two really iconic roles. Really iconic. Yeah. Or three, I guess. I and guess three. In the tribute, it, it works so well because he says, if you're watching this I've been dead for thousands of years yeah. which is so eerie and creepy and yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a really strong <laughs> moment definitely but I other think, than that nothing Superman Returns yeah I, I think you don't. it's not until you get to the this, this, neck, this next run yeah. the last basically decade or just over it's weird as good of a as of a movie as Batman Begins actually is and as important of a movie as that movie is I don't think there's a single moment in Batman Begins that stands out as like an all time comic book movie moment Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that. I have like my own personal bias. The scene when Liam Neeson is talking about how he loses his great love. Yeah, that that for some reason that scene, the, them fighting out on the ice. Yeah, right. I I really remember that. Like it's it's very iconic to me. It's the yeah. first time you see him fighting Ra's al Ghul. I don't even know agree. It, you know that moment stuck with me too, and just how everything looked then. It was so cold. So cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's then, a great then movie. you know the remember you know uh, always be. Remember mind, surroundings. Your surroundings. Yeah. yeah, and that comes back later on. It's, I think that's, but the, it's nothing like in Dark Knight. Compared to Dark Knight, where yeah. we were just talking before the show, Dark Knight's got like, but 15. again, it's hard to point that one from Dark Knight where you're like, well, that's, and I have to think because of Heath, if you, they were you're, show, le- you're legitimately saying 15, aren't you? I mean, there are so many for yeah. me. Yeah, like I feel like with the Heath Ledger moments alone, there's so many, yeah. and why they're so important is debatable, of course, and why they are so memorable and therefore so incredible, mm-hmm. but. I think that between the one with all three times why he when he explains how he got his scars yeah. are ridiculous especially the one where he talks about his dad coming home I think that one's really strong the scene with the pen is really strong yeah. the heist moment the interrogation jumping off the yeah. building in Tokyo yeah yes him talking to Two-Face like everything that's going on him is, recording that own video of when he kills the fake yeah. Batman it's crazy is, uh, yeah thinking about it now if I was going to probably put a single one that was representative of that movie I think it would be the interrogation. So it's my it's my favorite, but it's also the only one of the ones we're talking about that has both of the characters in it. Yeah. It's got Batman <laughs> and the Joker, and it's them interacting, and it's the most intense scene. And he, when he smashes his head against the glass, mm-hmm. yeah, and he's like great. laughing hysterically afterwards, that scene is just like and Batman can't break him. Yeah, yeah. not even cl- that scene's so intense and so good. Yeah, I, I think that one. I was also thinking, does Rises have a moment? Yeah, is it the plane so. hanging? That's 
unbelievable. You're talking yeah. about when we get introduced to Bane? Yeah. Yeah. It's, about, it's such it's, an... It's, yeah. it's incredible. How do they do, shoot it? I don't understand. They're like, that's practicals. Uh, it's wild. Christopher Nolan's a genius. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember when the movie was coming out, Nolan was saying, if you liked Dark Knight and you thought the heist was insane, yeah. wait till you see Rises. Yes. And it was like, no way. I want to watch Rises and again. It's been I think a while. when he climbs out of the movie. hole, too. Yeah. Just like, that's true. everything, watching that yeah, that's important. I love because that. that's the, you also hear Bane's voice for the first time, and it's so it's so weird because he's got that like echoey. I, I think it was ADR is what I heard because it was so hard to hear him. They went in and they ADR'd it, which is why the voice sounds so strange. The whole movie it mm-hmm. ends up becoming a really effective tactic. Actually, yeah, it's very iconic. But it's like that's why it always sounds like this, you know. And it's like uh, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it now. But I remember the first time I heard it in the movie, I was kind of like, wait, wait, and then it took me like ten minutes to what, love it. Isn't his first line when you hear him and he goes, "I wonder why you oh, yeah. shoot a or man before not to play," yeah, or something yeah. like that. That's exactly mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's amazing. That movie's it's sweet. Really good. Gotta watch that movie. Again. I, I think it's underrated. I, I think it's underrated as well. Yeah, I, I love that film. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was just suffered because it came out for Dark Knight. What about BVS? Yeah, like, so is it the tornado <laughs> scene? Is it like you are yeah. my son? I think what they call the Black Zero event, which is like the when we see what happened previously in Man of Steel and all of the destruction, when we come back and we're watching Batman, he sees the little girl, right. he runs into yeah, it, he's watching the rays. Awesome like moment. I think that that is such a killer moment. And that was a great moment, I remember, from the trailer uh, from BBS. Yeah. And that's like, a, that 100%. Like, that's the moment in the trailer that I was so excited for BBS because of. Because it, it really gives you the sense of why. Yeah, it tells the story. And that's the most important part about that movie is you have to understand why Batman is so afraid and why he feels it's so necessary to take down Superman and that's an awesome moment like he's just a man saving a little girl he's a billionaire in his city saving yeah. a little girl at the time yeah and I think that's honestly maybe one of the best moments of the whole film I think it might be <laughs> the best moment of the movie because yeah. it is done so masterfully it's so subtle and quick does Suicide Squad have did you skip Man uh, of Steel on purpose because no, that's I how actually, I feel in my mind I meant to say Man of Steel instead of BVS um, talking about Costner yeah well because we both love Costner in that uh, movie he's, the, he's like the only part There's of that movie that I else. really love I actually to be honest with you everything about that movie that isn't him being Superman I like right. <laughs> all the stuff with him this, like the scene of him in the bar is yeah. really awesome great they, they sp- pour it on his yeah. face and like yep. he has mm-hmm. to show restraint That and the guy pushes him and he doesn't move that scene is Awesome. That's what I'm saying. All the scenes before he's actually you Superman. Like Clark. Yeah, me too. Yeah, when he, and when he's on the oil rig and he saves the guy, right? He's still yeah. Clark at that point. Mm-hmm. All the stories they're telling about this, the legend of this guy who's like this character who, you know, that's all the stuff that I like. All the stuff with him with Costner as a kid, when Costner's saying, and he's like, what was I supposed to let him do? Just die? I Maybe. Agree. Maybe. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Those are all the moments in that movie that I love, and it's when it becomes the end of Wonder Woman, effectively, gods fighting each other, which in some ways I liked in some ways I didn't like at the end of this movie but that effect is very very hard as a fan to watch in movies we saw it the first time I think the original time that we saw this was in the third Matrix movie where it's Neo and it's basically Superman Neo they're flying around in the air and every time someone's tried to do it it's like sensory overload it's too difficult after about a minute of the track what the hell's going on yeah, it's because you can't just have them fighting in a sense of anything we can relate to. So it has to be so fantastical, but then it, it just falls off, which I I actually liked it in this, and I was so worried that I, I yeah. wasn't going to. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what, what is that all the moments? I, I feel like that's like all of them. Yeah, I think those are the best Man of Steel moments. And then Suicide Squad, you were saying. I mean, is there anything in Suicide Squad that really stands out? Like, that's a really great moment? Some, like, Harley... I was going to say Harley. Harley stuff, um... Just Margot and Will interacting too was strong. 
I don't think so, though. And actually, that's my second favorite movie in the DCEU. But really? yeah, you're like the f- only person that likes that movie, right? Yeah, I mean, of the four that we've got so yeah. far. Yep. So that's it's fair. Kind of slim pickings, yeah. but. Fair enough. All right, guys, let's move on to the next section of the show. We're going to break down the profiles of these characters a little bit, where they were in their career when this movie happened. Um, very different places. Gal Gadot. There's not that much to say about her career to this point. She really, for the most part, before these roles we have listed here is first known for showing up in Fast and Furious, and then she has the role in Fast Five, which was the much more seen movie of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, she shows up, and uh, she goes and cons our buddy. You may recognize me as the oh, villain yeah, in a great yeah. number of action films. Uh, she goes and cons him, and she looks smoking hot in a bikini, and yeah. she's great, and she then, after that, was like, that Gal Gadot chick from uh, the Fast and Furious, oh, she's going to be Wonder Woman. Oh, oh wow! Interesting. What else has she been in? Yeah, my mom had no idea. My mom thought this was her first movie. Yeah, I'm like no, she's been working, but I didn't see Keeping Up with the Joneses or Criminal. Did I? Did you see? No, no. no. Yeah, I know that she's like one of them. She's like Natalie Jones and Keeping Up with the Joneses. And the Criminal was just like I can't watch that movie. Is just so weird to me. It's the one with Goldman and Costner, and it just I, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's like too good of a cast to be as like irrelevant a movie yeah. as this. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's pretty much Gal Gadot, and uh, something that I think is really interesting here because we're going to have a conversation here in just a second about the most perfectly cast uh, superheroes or heroes in superhero films ever. Uh, there's a whole list that is pulled here from IMDb of people that were rumored to play this role over, over the years. Not all like in the year leading up to this, but like when this movie was in production. So here's the names. Kate Beckinsale, Sandra Bullock, Misha Barton, Rachel Bilson, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Angelina Jolie, Jessica Biel, Ava Green, Christina Hendricks, Kristen Stewart, Olga Karolienko, and Elodie Young. That's why it didn't ha- Look at You can put a year next to every single one of these of when 2009, 2006, 2004, 2010. So, like when these people were popular. Do you Gal, think not one of these people would be good? Well, here's the thing. So, I'm just going to say outright, as we're going to get to this list, that I think that Gal Gadot is the most perfectly cast superhero ever. I think, without even talking, she's the most perfectly cast superhero ever. She looks... because she looks so... Perfect. The way she walks, the way she... Her, her build, like... And then when she talks... The uh, the like naivete she has and the innocence she has, even the accent adds to her being from somewhere else, and she's her face is so it's so charming, and the fact that she was effectively kind of a nobody before this yeah. makes it even more charming. That she was exactly at the right point in her career, she's exactly at the right age as an actress, where she's not she's not a former Disney star who's twenty three <clears throat> and getting this role. She's a thirty year old woman who feels strong and like, but yeah. she, and she was she's a mother and like, and, and you she know. was in the Israeli army before she like yeah. all of these things make her just this like job dropping choice I look at this list and I think okay I can see Beckinsale at one point in her career probably I can see Angelina at some point in her career probably I think I would have like offed myself if it had been Kristen Stewart oh, and, yeah. I, and I had to watch her so, Wonder Woman same with Misha Barton these I, are the only two Beckinsale and Julia are the only two that I could even begin to consider Eva Green would have been Eva Green would be so my point though she actress, what know. you were saying is when oh my like, god I don't know yeah. she, she's the best actress on this list okay yeah better uh, than Angelina yeah huh? yeah she's she's killer yeah, she is, she is fantastic. Uh, when you were saying, like, do you not think they could have done it? I, it's not that I don't think they could have done it. I think that they were trying to do it for the wrong reason. And that, look, it's like, it's, it's this list is so... Yeah, totally. It white. tells exactly... <laughs> it's so white, and it's also like, oh, Ugo Karenko's the biggest person in the world right now. Kristen Stewart's the biggest person in the world right now. These people are the biggest people in the world right now. That's how we get them to watch a Wonder Woman movie. That's yeah. how it, we make this happen. <laughs> Misha no. Barton and, and Rachel Bilson, you're like, you're like this is not the OC, here? guys. Come yeah. on. Like, we're not yeah. making... But yeah. that was like in 2005. Yeah. You know, like, those were the people that you would, you would be like, oh, yeah, they'll sell tickets. Whereas now, it's like, no, Wonder Woman sells tickets. Gal Gadot is the perfect person to be there. Yeah. 
Kevin Awesome at some point is Sarah Michelle Gellar just because she is such a kick-ass female a and we've, we've watched yeah. her be incredible but Themyscira wouldn't have been what it was because the accent was 100% shaped around Gal yeah, and then everybody so cool. we, we wouldn't have had one and it wouldn't have been the Amazonians it would have been like the Americans and you have to have the accent because it just makes yeah. it just makes you more pure you know? so let's talk about this guys we're each going to throw out three people that we think are the most perfectly cast heroes in superhero films we all have to we have Gal on our list so Gal is one so two others yeah. well we uh, don't have to but we did yeah, well, we yeah, did we, but we did you have to <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw out uh, Downey Jr. as Tony Stark so Iron Man if you guys watch the show I think I talk about this sometimes but growing up Iron Man was my favorite hero through and through I have every single Iron Man comic from 1963 through 2005 I collected them like a crazy as a kid I was obsessed with Tony Stark I knew all the stories and then all of a sudden Iron Man became popular and my interest of like that being my thing was like well yeah everybody loves Iron Man because he's the best and I was like right. no he was a bad character that I liked before mm-hmm. um, you got screwed totally Well, and not only that totally. but you know you guys know I know totally. Andrew knows this that back in the day in the 90s when they were talking about doing the movie you know who was supposed to play Tony Stark your boy TC mm-hmm. Cruz was rumored to play Iron Man for years and then it didn't happen he actually would have been pretty good yeah it's funny because yeah. they have that same kind of yeah. douchiness yeah. no it's no, a ridiculous charisma thing. I think uh, is the word oh, you're oh, looking sorry. for mm-hmm. but Robert Downey Jr. is a flawless Tony Stark he's, he's as good as you could possibly ask for he's just yeah. got it Absolutely. team Iron Man yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Love you anyway, Cap. And then my third one, and this is a this is not exactly a superhero, but I just remember because Batman Year One is my favorite comic book. Oh, I know exactly what you're gonna say. Um, Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon is perfect. I remember seeing it for the first time, Batman Begins, and thinking like, you literally took him off the page, and you just gave him the voice that I imagined he had, and like. I just want to watch Batman Year One, which is kind of what begins is a little bit, but I wanted to like literally see that's Year an animated one. one, right? Batman Year One, yeah. They they did actually make a Batman Year One is that animated. The one where Gordon's daughter gets killed. No, that's Killing Joke. Oh, okay, well, she doesn't right. get killed, but, but she gets watch. shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Year One right. is the Frank Miller comic. It's like the it's like the late '80s uh, Batman origin story where he's Bruce Wayne turning. It, it is Batman Begins in a lot of ways, but it's just a lot more like film noir and a little bit less like superhero that, than Batman mm-hmm. Begins is but in any case uh, yes Oldman as Gordon is just amazing he looks and sounds exactly the way I always imagined yeah he, he steals the screen by being so normal yeah you know yeah give I him his coat yeah. Andrew are you next or am I next uh, I'll go next okay. yeah um so mine, I have Gal, obviously, because she's incredible. Um, I want to, I almost want to say Henry Cavill, because we, we said it a minute a little bit, because yeah. he just is, he just looks he like feels so, and looks, and looks so like Clark cast. and Superman. Yeah. But my my three are Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, because his humor and his comedy and his just like his assholishness is so perfect. And and what a risk it was to put him in another superhero movie. Exactly, and the fact that he pulled it off and it was fantastic was was refreshing to mm-hmm. say the least. And then Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. He's always been so great as Wolverine because he's kind of been an asshole. Even when he had the quick, quick cameo in the first uh, first class movie, he was like, "Fuck off!" Yeah, right. You're like only Hugh Jackman would be could part- do that. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And his look, it's like just yeah. his look, his too. look, and his hair, and his face, and then Logan just made me just completely fall in love. It's one of my that. favorite movies. Yeah. I love Logan so Both much. I love it so much. <laughs> do you meet him on no, it? No, it's good. It's good. Okay. <laughs> it's a good movie. I, I really liked it. Uh, okay, for me. 
Uh, this is for two completely different reasons. I'm not even talking about Gal because we already talked about it. So for two very different reasons, these are the best cast in my mind. Number one would be Christopher Reeve because mm. I feel like not only was he a perfect Superman, but he has made it so challenging for any Superman from there on out because he's just what you picture. You feel so bad for Brandon Routh. And then, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do. But he's, he's good. He's, he's he... awesome as Adam on uh, Legends and yeah. stuff, so I don't feel that bad for him anymore. But... I think that this made it impossible. Like, this is what people picture. And then who he is in real life. Like, everybody just loves him yeah. and won't let it go. And that's yeah. that's Superman and always will be. Um, and then... And he was so hard to cast because there's so much source material. So and they nailed it. Figure. And the stories about Reeves and Williams talking to each other are so beautiful. Because oh, really? they were, like, best friends. Yeah. Yes. That's really yes. cool. Um, and then for the exact opposite reason, the other person I think was the best casting was Chris Pratt as Star-Lord because... There was no expectation going in. You had to completely create this. Obviously, mm-hmm. there is source material, but nobody knows it. Well, some people knew it, but right. most people no, didn't. Yeah, n- and without him, this movie fails. Yep. And also, we covered it on the show two weeks ago, and, and the director was like, I don't care if he's fat. We'll CGI him to skinny. He's yeah. that perfect for <laughs> yeah. this role. Yeah, yeah. And like, right. when, when does a fat guy ever get to be a superhero? And I think it's crazy that, like, because I grew up, I've watched Parks and Rec every single episode. I yeah. like love that show, and I could never, ever have been like, yes, this is going to be our next leading man. And for somebody to have that vision, that's a huge deal. And work. I mean, it Pratt hurts. is pretty amazing. It actually brings me to another segment that I wanted to talk about, and, and, and we're going to get to it after we talk about Chris Pine's career here. So Incredible career right now. Yeah, Chris Pine's definitely killing it at the moment. Uh, a lot of people remember him from, what is it, the, the, the Nanny Diaries? This it? Means War? No, that's later. The early. Well, it's not the Nanny Diaries. It's the it's the old. Um, I know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? He the, shows up as like a, a heartthrob kind of. Yeah, from a long time ago, the Anne Hathaway movie, the Oh hmm. Princess Diaries. Is it the Princess Diaries? Oh, is he the prince? He's in one of those movies. Like I think he's the prince. I think he's the Princess Diaries. Yeah, yeah. He shows up in one of these movies that I everybody loved that movie. I don't even remember that everybody always talks about. Oh, he was that guy before he was you know the other guy, and that's th- something you hear a lot. His last couple of years, though, I mean, this film, Star Trek Beyond in 2016, yeah, Princess Diaries, yeah, Princess Diaries, yeah. Hell or High Water in 2016, and Finest Hours. Now I didn't see hmm. Finest Hours. Oh my god, he was in Just My Luck too with Lindsay Lohan when she was having oh. really bad luck all day. Yeah, <laughs> that movie is a tough watch. <laughs> Finest Hours, I didn't see. I've heard it's quite good but it's not remarkable um, Hell or High Water was amazing that movie was really 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 good and he's great in it oh, it's just the second one I yeah think. he's he's yeah. in he's not in Princess Diaries he's in Princess Diaries 2 2 that's what it is yeah. yeah that's why that's why it's one of those movies that everybody's always like oh he was in this thing hmm. oh the finest hours looked looked interesting it's a good cast I just yeah. haven't watched it yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then Star Trek Beyond so definitely he's Chris Pine had a very interesting like Star Trek and then Unstoppable came out the next year, and mm-hmm. it was like, and then This Means War, and he has a few years there. So good. You're <laughs> Is it really? I love that movie. I the only person I love in the world. Tom Hardy. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's like a DC love. I love them. <laughs> so good. So, but he had a few years where like no one really gave a shit about Chris Pine aside from the Star Trek movies. He kind of was just irrelevant like when he did Unstoppable. No, that's the year after. That's 09. I know. I mean, that's... 2010. Unstoppable. Yeah, that's the follow-up to Star Trek. It's it's literally the next three or four years. Well, that's the thing about Chris Pine is that you always kind of feel like no one really cares about Chris Pine. Until now. But it's even still in a different way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, people lose their shit. So we're about to do a segment where we're going to be ranking our Chris's. And we have Pine, Pratt, Evans, and Hemsworth. 
And even despite this massive success of Pine, I always feel like the, these other three guys they have more of like this weird following behind them. Does that make sense? Yeah, each one of these guys, each one of these guys has a very, very specific appeal. So let's get straight into it, guys. Uh, right now, we are going to spend the next few minutes ranking the four Chris's. The conversation: Who's the best, Chris? Chris Pine, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, and Chris Pratt. Uh, there's, uh, I think, strengths and weaknesses to each one. Hang with us as we break the thing down for you right now. So, I think you can make an argument for any one of the four Chris's. Uh, and I think there's different categories. So let's start... I want to hear just like each of our four lists, but okay. I'm going to kind of just explain where I think sort of this starts and stops, which is that there's four white guys that are in superhero movies that are all super charming. Like, that's... I think that... Like, we can all agree they're these all guys... all charming. They're all good-looking. Yeah. It's so, got that brownie, mousy hair color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... shadow. The first mm-hmm. thing is movie star charisma, which is something we talk about on the show all the time. You really can't be a proper A-list movie star unless you have that movie star charisma, which is that, like, you can make a joke and everybody's like, ah, oh, the handsome guy made me laugh. It's like... Right. It just works. And, like, all the great movie stars have that movie star charisma. I think it's safe to say that all four of these guys have it, right? Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so then, and next up, you've got like Andrew's so bitter about that. Next yeah. up, you have the hunkiness, right? They're all super handsome dudes. Great, hubba, hubba. great yeah. bods, great bods. I think we can probably discuss and dissect their bods if we want to, but I won't go there yet. Uh, and then, last but not least, you have actual acting ability, chops. I mean, you have roles, but they've all got pretty sick roles. So, like, yeah, they've all had pretty great roles. Yeah, and that's less about that's less about they don't get to decide that. That's what they get cast for. So, uh, actual acting ability and the roles given to them. And I'm going to jump in and say I think outright that Chris Pine is the best of the four. I go Chris Pine 1, Chris Evans 2, Chris Hemsworth 3, and I hate to say it because I love him, but Chris Pratt 4. I just feel like that's so crazy, man. I mean, like, you haven't even seen Black Hat. True. You haven't seen Rush. True. And, like, you don't like Thor that much. <laughs> yeah, I just... He, the issue is is that, like, <laughs> why? I know it's close for me. It's close for me. It's, it's the fact that even though I love Chris Pratt, and I do, I think he's funnier than the other guys, by far. I love Star-Lord. I think it's a great role. He doesn't show me as much. He doesn't give me much more than, like, movie star charisma and comedy. Mm-hmm. He's, like, a great... He's got, he's like, like Star-Lord's a great character for him, but take away Star-Lord from that guy... And I haven't seen anything. Yeah, you got I've, Jurassic I've, World. I, I mean, and I didn't watch Parks and Rec. I know people love him in that. Let's pause at Jurassic World because when was the last time I was on the show? You're the only person in existence that likes that movie. Love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of if you like the movie or not, did he do an amazing job? He's great. We've said that. I over said and over. all the. Suck it. I love all the Chris's. How can I you not it. love the Chris's? Also, and then let's just use the other categories here from a bod perspective. Pratt's in the second half of this. I think we can all agree that Evans and Hemsworth take the cake with bods. Yeah, because yeah. Pine's a little older now. Yeah, but Pine. What are you talking about? He's like, a, he's like a different type of bod. Yeah, but Pine also. That's one of the things I like so much about Chris Pine. It's did one you of the see him holding his wee wee? No, I did, and that's that's a great body, but it's a different kind of body. It's he's not as he would have been more jacked than that if he could have been. I think. Really? More jacked is not necessarily. You think he was better. going for more of a normal Pratt body? Pratt has look? the best bod. Yeah. They, you, you he's a spy. my friend, have no idea about these bods. They're all great. I think Evan's got the best bod. because he's a spy. He does have a great body. I think Hemsworth has the best body because he's the tallest, right? He's like the <laughs> broadest. Maybe it's, we just have different... Depends uh, on your opinion. Yeah, exactly. All right, Roxy, flavors here. Rank, rank your bods, then rank your four. I can't rank the bods. <laughs> okay. I will not do that to my Chris's. Okay. I love all of the. You're not going to objectify the Chris's. No, I'm not going to objectify the Chris's. Okay, so That's my very, very I'm going to go the opposite way. Okay. My number four spot is Hemsworth, yep. who is garbage. Who is good? Who I like a lot. Uh, Stop who, it, Andrew. Who is good? Who I like a lot? Who I 
think is not my favorite Chris and not my favorite Hemsworth. After him... I feel like Hemsworth's the ugly duckling, let's just be honest. In all of the rankings, I feel like he gets the shaft. Or do some people love him the most? Oh, I definitely think... People love Thor. Are you kidding me? And he probably is working off the most iconic of the characters. No, Cap. Yeah. But second most iconic. So, um, okay. So after him, I go Chris Evans, which pains me that he's at number three because I adore him. He's a Bostonian. I've actually met him. He's a doll face. I think he's incredible. And I'm sad that he's this far down on the list. But he has to be because Chris Pine takes number two. And after watching this movie multiple times, and of course my love of... This means war, which I'm not kidding about. <laughs> I think that movie is you, phenomenal. You are so single handedly going to make me watch that movie. It's so good, and him in Star Trek. It's like those. Yeah, he's, he's just great. he's so great, uh, and he's charming, and I think he's wonderful. My number one is Chris Pratt, which he's so super lovable. We're on opposite ends of the spectrum here, but it's not just that he's lovable; it's that I think that he is the most like moldable. Yeah, I think that he that. could play the most kinds of roles, and that he can be. It's like, almost this as goofy. if he was like a thing of dough. And they molded him into steel. <laughs> or he was made from clay. Yes, the same thing. <laughs> well, I was thinking Wonder Woman, but he's not. So, yeah, and he's my first, and I think he's also the funniest, and I think that he is, yeah, love him. And his bod. And his bod. And his bod. Andrew, feel free to rank the bods first if you'd like, and then I'd like to hear your rankings. All right, I'll do bods. <laughs> I uh, actually it. think bods is, is <laughs> almost my list backwards, so I'm going to go Hemsworth, Evans. Can we get them up there? Pine and then Pratt. <laughs> I, I think Pratt has the worst bod, and then Pine. But I love I like Pine because he like it's a, it's his choice. Yeah, I, think. We, I think we all know the Star Lord shot when he's covered in orange is going to be the that's the that's the, the Pratt shot. Right. I think probably the uh, Evans shot when he first comes out of the tank in Captain America is probably the Evans shot. Anything um, with Chris, uh, Hemsworth doing anything without his shirt on in any movie he's in. Yeah, Hemsworth's pretty <laughs> jacked like all the time. And then Pine. Uh, probably like, pines get out of bod. here with Pratt's bod, body. But it's like it's incredible. Just, Evan, it's like Pat, these Please guys have pull been, up Chris Pratt's body. These for guys me. have been training <laughs> and shaping their bodies for like decades. Evans is, I mean, Pratt's been on it for like a two-year kick. Yeah, yeah but I do. You guys follow Pratt on the gram? I don't. No. no. Okay, because Pratt's the goofiest, and he shows off his body with his BFF from the office, and they do like the ice bucket challenge and all these great challenges, and they run miles and stuff for vets and do all these things, and his bod is sick. He's got a sick bod. Like they've all got sick bods. Okay, sick get bod. off my get off my back. So what's your actual ranking? Right, my actual rankings is Chris Hemsworth at fourth because. I just don't like Chris Hemsworth that much. <laughs> you just hate the Hemsworth family. No, here's what it is. I just need something. I need to watch Rush. I need to watch Black Hat. I need to watch something to where I watch you and and I l- and you blow me away. Because I actually really liked him in Ghostbusters. I think yeah. he's hilarious in it. Uh, and then Evans. Um, I like that he makes fun of himself in another teen movie. I think he's a great Captain America. And I think he's a good actor, like in Snowpiercer. And yeah. He's so good. Um, <clears throat> oh, that movie was amazing. I put Pratt at second because I, I think it's a combination of what you guys both said. Um... In the sense of, like, he has such a big career ahead of him, and he is very moldable. And the fact that the dude could get fat again and be a, com- a com- comedic actor, was like, these guys got fat, it, it would be really hard for their careers to rebound, I think. To be totally fair to anybody who's watching this who's, like, worried about any body shaming, by yeah. no means was he ever actually a fat person. No, like, no. definitely not. He no. was, like, doughier and not a superhero body. Look, we're speaking, and we're making I'm speaking jokes. in terms... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm making jokes, and I'm speaking in terms of Hollywood. And this is, like... Yeah. It is a very real thing. There's and a like, clear standard for what gets cast as a superhero. But, and yeah. if you did watch Parks and Rec, it was, it was pointed out multiple times about his size. And mm-hmm. I think something like... We've watched what happened with Jonah Hill. It's, it's hard to go either way. It's hard to go from Absolutely. being a little doughier to being... 
being somebody like, oh, can he be a leading male? Or from be, for being the comedic relief. And I think that the fact that he could do both has less to do with his body and more yeah. to do with his chops. Yeah, he's, and he is a very good actor. Like, there's, I mean, not, not a very good actor. He's a very char- uh, charismatic actor. Yeah. Um, and he's fun to watch. I need to see him do... We talked about this on Guardians Volume 2. I need to see him do some really, really heavy dramatic stuff to like really win me over. Chris Pine is a guy that... It's like I almost didn't want to like him because he was too pretty and he was like too generic white boy and he was getting all these amazing roles, but he deserves it, I think. I think he's a really talented actor. Super talented. I was really blown away by him in this movie. I love him in Star Trek. I, lo- I love him as, as Kirk. And Unstoppable? I love, you you love him in Unstoppable? Me, I don't and like Unstoppable. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's, my, that's my ranking. It's Pine, Pratt, Evans, and Hemsworth. I just think the reason order. Evans gets to be so high for me, because he was three for you, right? Or was he two for you, Rock? He's three for me, which I'm really, really upset well. about. The, the reason I put Evans at two for me is that I really feel like Evans has been the one that's impressed me the most with his longevity in his career. Because he's, he's been around for the longest, He's stuck right? around, and the fact that he survived a really bad superhero franchise in a prime role, swung back around into movies that I love, like Sunshine. What am I thinking about? What? What? Fantastic Four. Oh my God! He's Johnny right. Storm. Totally you forgot, forgot he was, right? He was, a, he was a flamer. He managed to come back from that. Come and, on, and, because and he up. wasn't the problem with that film. No, no. But he and he shows up in Sunshine. He shows up in all these movies that it's I really liked uh, as he gets older. And uh, anyway, long story short, that's our ranking. The Chris's segment, guys. Tweet at us with the uh, with the hashtag. Pick your Chris. Nice. And uh, yeah, and tweet us, let us know what you think. I'd love to know your ranking personally of your favorite Chris. Let's move into the production development of this film. Did you have something else you wanted to add, Rox? I have some Chris honorable mentions. Oh, please. Oh, yeah, please. So this guy, this actor named Chris Sullivan, who you guys would know because he was Taserface just recently okay. in Guardians. Yeah. Here's why he's so amazing and he's the next Chris to look out for. Because, well, while he might not be necessarily as dreamy as the other ones, he's white, so he fits in the Chris category. Yep, yep. And he also is very, very, can play all these different roles because he's the lead guy on This Is Us right now. And he was also Benny in Stranger Things. And he looks so different in all three of those roles. And he's a Chris to look out for. And then Chris Cornell, who I wanted to give a shout-out to because he was on the soundtrack for both Avengers and Man of Steel. Big shout-out, uh, so R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Wait, those are my Chris honorable mentions. Who's Benny again? Benny in Stranger Things, the one where she goes to the diner and he's talking yeah. to her and then he ends up... Oh! Spoiler alert. God, I love that show. Oh, got it. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, But he's my shout-out, because they both were superhero-related. So I'm giving them honorable mentions. All right, guys. We are going to speed through production notes here so we can uh, get to the the second half of the episode. Uh, We're going to talk first. Let me use the restroom. You guys do this. Yeah, be be my guest. Uh, We're going to talk first about the writers of the films. Uh, Of the film, there's three of them. Uh, There's Jason Fuchs. There is Zack Snyder. And there is, finally... uh, uh, Where's my thing? I'm missing my notes. I missed what you just said. We were talking about... help you. Who wrote the film? Alan Heinberg, Jason oh, Fuchs, oh. and Zack Snyder. So I will run through each of them. Jason Fuchs, a personal friend of ours, uh, somebody that we like a lot. He's a super, super great dude. Yep. He's an actor. He was just in La La Land uh, as the writer at the party. Um, he wrote Pan before this film, and his very first movie, his first feature length script was uh, Rags, mm-hmm. the 2012 Nickelodeon movie. And then he is attached right now to be writing the Minecraft movie, as well as a film with Tom Cruise called Luna Park, directed by Doug Liman. It was strange with him on this project because he was slated to write the film, and then he was pulled from the film, Yeah, and I didn't know how that all happened, and he was supposed to be writing a couple different things, potentially, in this universe, so 
it was weird because I've kept up with him obviously on social media and we are friendly with him and he's so proud of this movie so yeah. I wonder if it was just they were bringing in somebody else or how exactly we came to be I think he did a draft of the script at the beginning and then I think what happens with a lot of these films which is why when you look often at the script breakdowns for these there's usually three or four writers sometimes you'll see one sometimes two but having three or four writers is mm-hmm. not super surprising especially considering Alan Heinberg and Zack Snyder Snyder was going to be involved as a writer I think kind of no matter what yeah it, of course uh, and so he gets that credit we don't really have to go into Snyder too much but ha- Alan Heinberg is somebody who is originally most well known in my world for having been uh, the major writer on the OC that's mm. like where he's from he also worked on everything from Grey's Anatomy to Party of Five um, and then he wrote a comic book called The Young Avengers which in like the mid 2000s yeah. I remember reading it when it came out because I love the OC I was working at Meltdown Comics uh, here in 2005 and he would come in every week is when that comic was new and I met him really nice guy and Young Avengers is just a great great book it's a, it's like the four young versions of these Avengers two of them are gay um, it was an innovative book at the time great great uh, artist as well whose name I can't even remember I used to love him though it is strange to me how little credit he seems to be getting on this film. Yeah, right? It's Patty Jenkins, Patty Jenkins, Patty Jenkins, Patty Jenkins. And I feel like the story is actually pretty incredible. Really good story. Which people aren't talking about very much. Well, he also wrote uh, the the reboot of the Wonder Woman comic book series, which yeah. is where he gets the where he got obviously the put on for this, this project. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just wonder why people aren't talking yeah. about the script more. I would agree. I would totally agree. So that's the writers on the film. Uh, the director, Patty Jenkins, we talked about quite a bit. Really, aside from the two movies, Monster and this film, she has some TV credits. She has a small number of TV credits, like maybe like eight or nine of them over the years. Mm-hmm. She's done two episodes here, one episode here. She did direct the pilot for the for the TV show The Killing, which got a lot of press. Love, yeah. um, she got, I think, some award nominations for that. And uh, But yeah, she's... A bizarrely quiet career for somebody as impressive as she is. I find it surprising that she just hasn't worked more. Like, uh, yeah, she's turned down a lot of projects. Yeah. Which, because she is picky, which I guess she should be. Um, but I, I do think it's interesting because this film, because Warner Brothers knew they wanted a female director. Yeah. And there just are so few that are working, which is yeah. really upsetting, but is true. Mm-hmm. That it's like, at, when people say, who should we go with? You think, okay, if you're not going to go with Catherine Bigelow, like, we're... Who are we working with? Who, well, what do we have? Blow up this graphic on the screen here for me if we can. Uh, this is a list of 10 of the highest grossing female directors and their adjusted gross on the, the films that they directed. Um, it's a little small for me to read right now. Yeah, so Anthony, can you zoom in on that? I literally can't see a word. Yeah, I'm just a little bit blind. We're all, we're all blind. We're all old. Um, uh, yeah. I, yeah, but I think it's interesting because... She, yeah, mainly she had TV credits like I was talking about with Michelle McLaren yeah. because mm-hmm. that's what they went to like what are the cinematic television shows have you directed Game of Thrones have you directed Breaking Bad what have you directed so right. yeah you got Nora Ephron you've got Betty Thomas Nancy Myers is a huge one Amy Heckerling you've got uh, so what are the dates next to those yeah 2003 you know? there's one 99 2000 yeah 98 uh, yeah Brenda Chapman Pen- Pen- uh, Penelope Spheris is another one that I know well uh, Penny Marshall Catherine Hardwick yeah, is another Penny big name Marshall. that comes up Hardwick, yeah. so yeah I mean it certainly by no means is it a it's not a large list it's not a list of like a crazy huge list of names this is just like this happens to be the women that made the most money yeah Yeah. it's small but there are female directors out there because Mm -hmm. I know a lot of studios say like well there aren't any women that can direct this and that's why we want the man because it's the best person for the job and it's like well right 
Which is horseshit. Yeah, yeah, of course it it's is. It's always horseshit. Of course it is, but it, it is nice that they did push so hard for this. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Next I do, up. I, I don't think it would have been received even close to the same light if there was a, a, a male director. Yeah. It would have been a different movie. Completely different. Yeah. And, and a lot of the directors that had been talked about to direct them were male through the years, uh, and then they finally decided to give a female director the shot at doing the movie, which is mm-hmm. 100% the right so decision. Awesome. Um, producers on this film, you have Charles Roven, Deborah Snyder, Zack Snyder, and Richard Suckle. Richard mm-hmm. Suckle, best known for American Hustle, uh, Scooby-Doo, he's attached to... Uh, Justice League, I believe, and yeah, he's done a bunch of stuff. He's oh, not what? Flash, right? He's doing that. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Flash, not yeah. not Justice League. Mm. Um, you have Zack Snyder and Deborah Snyder. Deborah produces exclusively films with Zack Snyder. They have a company called Cruel and Unusual Films. They've produced pretty much all of his films together since yep. 2004. Zack Snyder came on the scene directing music videos, and then Dawn of the Dead, 300 Watchmen, and now he's a fixture in this universe. He did just step down from Justice League due to a personal tragedy. Yes, our condolences. Yep. Mr. And then Snyder. last up, you have Charles Roven, who was formerly a little bit more involved. He's a little bit like in more of sort of an overarching role now he's a DC god but yeah he's yeah. but he's basically the guy that oversees everything him and Jeff Johns as mm-hmm. you said kind of do everything and he comes I believe Charles Roven comes from an actual entertainment background where Jeff Johns was just a comic oh, book nice. writer who just came up the ranks he wrote I mean he that guy wrote years everything. of essential comic book uh, stories in the DC universe really when DC was finding its footing in the early to mid 2000s when they were becoming for a long time, it was always that Marvel had better characters, but DC had made movies. It's basically what it was. Right. It was that Marvel had cooler characters, but DC had been more iconic because they had Batman and Superman, and those movies had, they had had movies. And in the 2000s, it became they were uh, Marvel was trying to make movies, and so then DC was like, we need to have we need to have better storylines, better arcs that people enjoy. And Jeff Johns is a hundred percent the guy that was at the forefront of that movement, and now. Uh, the storytelling is a lot more kind of on an even playing field. Characters like Green Lantern and The Flash became much more relevant with him writing those stories. Hmm. Um, do you think The Flash would be cool? Nah, I don't really know. It's what do you tough. think? Uh, it's it's the hardest one right now because it's it's moved on the slate a thousand times. Mm-hmm. We've changed directors. We've changed writers. I know that if Zemeckis ap- uh, attaches himself to the project, which is what seems to be right now, that it will be awesome. Right. Yeah, Zemeckis. Do you man. think that like the fact that it's been like a, t- a a pretty popular TV show that it like takes away from the film or does it add to like do, do you think too many people are going to have too many predetermined like expectations, expectations. because of the TV show that's a question I think the fact that they announced uh, Ezra Miller so early was like you guys have a few years to prep for the fact that this isn't Grant Gustin get used to it mm. uh, and it will be a different take that his suit is different it's a little more robotic and we'll, we'll see how he interacts and I think it will probably be a pretty flash slash cyborg heavy movie and we'll see how that do because we don't have Cyborg on the show. Well, also, let's just be honest. Like, I mean, people watch CW TV shows. People watch feature films. So, like, yeah. that's going to... Flash the movie is going to get seen by half the world and Flash the TV show gets seen by millions and millions of people. It's right. just kind of a different animal, I think. So, once the movie comes out, it'll rewrite who Flash is for most, pretty much everybody, I think. You two talking about comic books and Marvel and DC is just hilarious because I am... So, you guys are, like, up here and I'm, like, way down here. She's, like, in it. Yeah, she, like, she, knows so every impressive. week. I just have, like, my growing up knowledge. Yeah. I know nothing. Um, I talk about the show every week yeah. for the last two years, so yeah. luckily I know a little bit. So moving on to box office and critical, this is like this is the triumph, right? This is this is what Huge. everyone is so happy and so excited to see. Uh, Warner Brothers took this movie on. It cost 149 million dollars to make, which I think is a very very um, reasonable budget for this type of film. Yeah, and much less than what they are spending on BBS. So yeah, yeah, and the Infinity War movies, you know, a half a billion each. Uh, it's nice that they spent 150 that they didn't say it's a female character movie let's spend 85 you know yeah. like I'm, I'm glad that they spent a real amount of money on this movie it's, it's yeah, a lot of money it would have been slaughtered uh, yeah 
Uh, it opened June 2nd, as we all know, a couple weeks ago. Um, it grossed, it's so far, it has grossed $205 million domestic, $230, uh, $230 million worldwide for a grand total of almost half a billion at 435 and I'm sure there's been a few more million added since last night when I did this. This will cross. This will cross $600 million by the end, for sure. Yeah, and it's... Uh, you think it will cross $600 million? I think so. I it, think we're going to... I'm hoping that we hit 800 Oh, I was just thinking because we're already going into week three. I know. It was week... But. So it opened uh, at number one at $103 million, and I think this last week it was still number one at over $100 million, I believe. Oh, yeah. It had the yeah. small... Percentage-wise, it had the smallest drop-off of any film, yeah. any superhero film to date. The fact that Suicide Squad, though, crossed 700 I would have to think that this movie could do it. You would hope so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it could be. Maybe this, maybe this will have like much, much better replay I was value. definitely way more excited to watch Suicide Squad than I was to watch Wonder Woman, though. You in were? The, in the beginning. Yeah, I was, in the beginning, yeah. 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 And then, um, yeah, I was actually really skeptical about Wonder Woman, and I really wanted it to be a good film. I just didn't think it was going to be, and I didn't yeah. really, and I think I disliked BVS so much, and I felt like she was kind of forced into it. Um, I don't know. I just was, I was really skeptical. Yeah, I, was I mean, really, I think. Really, really nervous. We're, so we're definitely at that point, I think, as an audience, where we're, we're like Zack Snyder slow-mo overload. We're just like, I don't want to see any more of it. I'm sick of it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, as the... I mean, I heard the hype on this movie a year ago, nine months ago, was that this was going to be bad. Like people that had seen hmm. that had seen cuts of it or had seen pieces of it, critics were saying, uh, you know, I think it's 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 a mess. It's not coming together, and it's just funny how the narrative works it's behind so the crazy. scenes. Sometimes people are just wrong. Patty Jenkins talked a lot about that. Yeah, she was like, I had no idea where the leaks were coming from, but I was just like, well, you're wrong. Yeah, she. It's t- not going to be bad. So she, she she tried to keep her head down a lot while making it, and just the sense of like. I'm doing my thing. It's going to be great. Yeah. Nothing can get in my fucking way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's... People it's cr- are always trying to. Yeah. The behind the scenes, all the leaks about this movie. And I think that when that first trailer dropped, whatever it was, a year ago, less than a year ago at some point, when the first one dropped, because we were kind of in the wake of all of the BVS and Suicide Squad was terrible stuff, it was very much like... I don't want to see any more slow-mo, awesome music stuff of this. Like, I just don't care. Yeah, yeah like, it, it was. I, it's going to have to be so good to impress me. Because you've shown me this trailer, and that's what it looks like it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so moving on to Critical, and we were, we were, they were wrong, and we were happy. It got an 8.2 mm-hmm. uh, on IMDb. It's in the top 250 already at number 229. I'm, I imagine it'll break the top 200 pretty soon, and I think it'll live there forever. I really do think this movie will always be on the top 250. Um... Rotten Tomatoes, the scores, it doesn't really follow our, our equation, but it's because the scores are basically the same. It's got a 93% by all critics, 92 by top, and an, another 92 by the audience. Which um, is significantly better than the 26% that was previously gotten. So Yes. And The Mummy got 17% yeah. the same weekend. Just unbelievable. The second weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it's still crazy that movie still somehow managed to make 200, over two, $200 million worldwide. The Mummy? Yeah. yeah With it, how bad it is. It's just international. Like, People, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this the getting a 90... biggest. 90, star, yeah, currently <laughs> ninety three. Moving on, ninety two. Um, those those feel very right. I almost feel like they're almost a little low. I, I don't want to give this movie like a ninety six. Yeah, I think it's actually better than a ninety two. To be honest, yeah. Um, well, no, I take that back because I think the ending is not as good as it could be, which brings it into like the ninety two. Okay, um, is that because of Ares? Is that your? Is that a lot of people I, complain about? Yeah, the I just don't think it has a great villain, and I think that. Ultimately, the ending does get a little bit into the slow mo gods fighting stuff. But I loved watching all that metal come to him and him go like this. Yeah. Right. So badass. See that? Okay, so that's what I want to say, and I, I know that we're running really long here. Um, I hate that we always talk about this gods fighting gods. It's too fantastic. Yeah. But I actually really loved. I was shocked at how well they did Ares because he needed to be 
so powerful that literally he just control. He's a god. He can turn anything into a weapon. He can control everything, and that's what I liked. It was, in other movies, when gods battle, are, and it always feels like there's still some sort of limitation. On this one, it felt like the only limitation was like what they could create in their mind. Right. You know what I mean? So I thought that was pretty cool. And I thought the dude was kind of a badass. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Um, all right, guys. Let's get into favorite line. Let's just uh, run off our favorite lines. I think you talked about yours earlier pretty much. It's that it's that sequence, right? Yeah. It's, it's I wish we had more time. That's yeah. my favorite line. And I hate to say it, but I kind of feel like my favorite line has to come from the same sequence. I don't know if it's necessarily I wish we had more time. I think it's the other one you were talking about. You, you I save, say today. I say today you save the world because... Because it is definitely, or no, no, I take it back. It's the it's her line about when she goes into no man's land. This is what I'm going this to do. This is what I'm going yeah. to do. Yeah, that has yeah. to be my favorite. Yeah. It has to be my favorite. My favorite line is actually not a gal line. It's a Chris line, and I think it's because it embodies the movie so well. He says, my father once uh, told me once, if you see something wrong happening in the world, you can either do nothing or you can do something, and I already tried nothing. And yeah, I think that I, you know what? Breaking that down was like... Yes, and watching him say that and, and having her kind of learn by that and be like, all right, and her be such a quick learner and and also curious, like, what did he do? What yeah. was nothing? What did that look like? And Try to desert or... That yeah. line was so strong. That, yeah. you know, God, Rox, you're so good. That you're so good, right? good baby. Yeah, because that, that, I, I remember when that line happened, it was like, I wanted to write that down. Yeah, right. It was that good. And I think that also adds to why I think Chris Pine is so fantastic. Even the Star Trek line we always talk about is, why are you talking to me, man? Yeah, right. You know, but that line, too, you know how many actors, you know how hard it would be as an actor, and you're an actress, to get that line and deliver it with the subtle, like, the grace that he does it yeah, with. Yeah, so that it's memorable. Being like, my dad told me this, and I already tried nothing. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, dude. Like, not it's, feisty. It's yeah, like... it's like very subtle, and it's like, and it's exactly what you're saying. You're like, well, what did you try to do? Pine, yeah. It's, I'm I so mean, curious. Pine's now. the perfect actor for that line. He just, like, that's that's how he... It was good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He, he's perfect for that. So, uh, anyway, guys, we are going to get into the last bit of the show here, which is that there are three action movie categories, totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, ridiculously legitimate, without even explaining what they are. This movie is totally legit. It's yeah, it's 100%. Totally yeah. I don't even think it's a conversation. Right? No, because yeah. if, if you're in a world where gods exist, this is perfect. Yeah, this doesn't make you laugh unintentionally. It's just awesome. Through and through, it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, guys, there's only one thing left on the show, and that's going to be called The Pitch. Yeah, All right. Didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> I guess not. Uh, I like how you and I enjoy that, and our guests are always just like, it's not, it's really weird. It's I thought really it was cool. Weird. He does the Panther Girl. Um, so, guys, uh, we're going to be doing The Mummy next week with Tom Cruise. Aren't you, you excited? come back, Rox? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the Mummy, guys. Or how can you not be excited? It's a Tom Cruise show. We get cruising theaters. Even if the movie's bad, we're still going to get some great running. So, uh, we're going to talk about that next week. Come back, same time, same place, next week on Wednesday. Where can the folks find you guys if they want to follow along? You guys can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. Thanks so much for having me join. Thank you so much for coming back you're you're so amazing Rox. You're great, I, lo- I love you babe you're, love you, you're babe. Awesome. awesome I also love you yeah how's the sweat going uh I was doing okay today yeah, I, I think okay. I've been drinking a little bit this weekend <laughs> all right, all right. um you guys can find me everywhere at Andrew Guy Instagram Twitter and then you can also look out for us on the movie trivia Schmodown we'll be making an appearance real soon for our third yeah, match yeah June 20th I think is, yeah. when, uh, is when we go back up for that uh, Tuesday yeah. June 20th so that's we'll real real exciting there's Damn. a lot of good things coming up on movie trivia Schmodown I think DC Movie News is competing pretty soon as well uh I mean not no. you, but <laughs> the DC team. We got to do the we've, whole show. We've been told we're not now. supposed to talk about this. Oh, okay, gotcha. So um, we don't know anything about it. Yeah, we, we don't know anything about it right now. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> hearing rumors. So anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Have an awesome day. Bye. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. 
We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.